Welcome to another episode of Palm Harbor Local. I'm your host, Florida native and real estate ninja, Donnie Hathaway. You know, I started this podcast because I'm extremely passionate about connecting you with the people and the local businesses that make Palm Harbor so special. Palm Harbor, Florida is a great place to live, work, and play. It has everything you could dream of, from the food, the outdoors, the lifestyle, to the people in the community. I wanted to create a podcast that connected the community and inspired everyone to live better. To join this community and stay up to date on all things Palm Harbor, visit my website. It's palmharborlocal.com and sign up there to join the locals. And remember, together, we keep Palm Harbor local. Welcome back to another episode of Palm Harbor Local. Today, we have Sharon Feckety back on for episode number two. I made it back. Welcome back. Thank you. So you've written a book, The Broken Road to Mental Health in Life and Business. You own The Doctor Whisper. You own 13th Ave Media. You have a couple of podcasts. I do. I have, well, I have three. three I only talk podcasts. about two because really I only do two consistently. Okay. So the 13th Ad Media and the Dr. Whisperer podcast. And the Broken Road to Mental Health. The Broken Road to Mental Health podcast. That's right. Okay. Um, where do you find time to do mm, all this? Mm, well, Donnie, <laughs> <laughs> I was told before I opened my business that I, it was going to be a lot of work. And then if I wanted to do something great, I'd have to be willing to put in the work. Mm -hmm. So I actually do it pretty uh, systematically. You know, I'm very organized. Yep. I have a wonderful woman, Alyssa Palenzuela, that is um, full time with me. So she really helps me get a lot done. But yeah, it's a lot. But if you organize everything, you can do anything. Yeah. That's, it's funny you say that. Cause that's, that's kind of been a, a big focus for me this year. I, mm. I read a couple of books, listened to some, some podcasts and stuff, and that's been kind of ingrained in me, mm -hmm. you know, recently. And, and it's like, we've implemented some systems in like our personal life and, mm. and in the business and even like just the morning with kids and stuff, like it can get chaotic, yes. but like having like a structure or something, a guideline to follow mm -hmm. it, like frees up so much mental capacity and um, you're just able to be present. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So I love the systems. Well, I shared with you one day that I do all of my interviewing on Thursdays Yeah, for my show. Yeah. So that means I do two different topics, the business of medicine and then the broken road to mental health. I have different guests and it is so invigorating to have these conversations mm -hmm. And my day goes very fast and I do it from my home office. Yeah. You know, so I'm very happy on Thursdays because I know <laughs> that's what I'm doing. Yeah. And I know I'm going to get to talk to interesting people and learn something new. So, but I didn't always do that. I used to just, whenever somebody was available, I would interview them. Mm -hmm. That's not how it goes anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I like that idea. <laughs> I think I'm going to start implementing that. Yes. Fridays, maybe Fridays. The Perfect. Day. I like it. Um, so we're going to talk, you know, we'll probably talk about a bunch of stuff, but we, we really kind of want to focus on mental health in the workplace today. Mm. Cause, so another thing that you're doing on top of everything else, mm -hmm. you're going to start speaking this year on, mm. on, on this topic. So, um, why is this important to you and, and why do you want to speak on it? 
Yeah. Thank you for asking. It's, um, I wrote my book in 2019, um, before we all knew what was going to happen in 2020. Yeah. And I purposely wrote in life and in business because I've been in business for so long. And before I even opened my business 10 years ago, I was the boss. So I always had a lot of employees under me. Um, there were 33 women in the last practice that I managed and some doctors and some nurse practitioners. And when I was in New York, it was over 200. We had a team. Wow. It wasn't just me. Yeah. <laughs> we had a small operations team. But I really learned how important it is to gather with your staff, mm. to have conversations, to know about their family, to know as much as you can. Because mm -hmm. people that are working with you or for you, they're your lifeline. And I don't think it's always thought of that way. Mm. I would be nothing, which I tell Alyssa all the time. If she didn't work for me, I would just close 13th Avenue Media. Yeah. I've said it since the day I opened it, which is now almost five years old. <laughs> so um, we've yet to close because I, I really appreciate her and I respect the work that she does. And I feel like that's how you can be successful if you have a team. So why it was important to me was I know because I'm a sober woman of 28 years. Mm -hmm. Congratulations. And thank you. I'm 50 and I got sober at 21. So my whole career has been as a sober woman who works on herself. Mm -hmm. So I have recovery. I have been in therapy. I have implemented, you know, a real great set of mental health tools um, because I suffered terribly from depression when I was very young. And I had to have a toolkit. And I would know with my employees because they look like me, right? Everybody yeah. looks like me. I can, I can see myself in a homeless person today, and I can see myself as an executive today. I've been on both spectrums. Mm -hmm. So I have a lot of compassion and empathy for people that have had hard times. And I don't think anybody now... Um, considering what we all went through, um, the entire globe with this pandemic, I don't think that there's anybody that's not affected. And now with the way the world changed in the workplace, um, I did not plan, you know, that I was going to really shift my focus in 2023. But I do think that we all kind of needed a reset. Mm -hmm. And how are we going to work better? for ourselves and what intentions are we going to put out there? So yes, now, so I'm really focused on talking, uh, speaking as much as possible about mental health in the workplace. And I have yeah. some great opportunities that are um, coming up in the very near future. Yeah, that's awesome. So I, I want to go back to um, you mentioned like having those, like when you were in business and you're managing that team of 200 people mm -hmm. or um, and having conversations about how things are going or whatever they're kind of dealing with that, that where did that come from? Is that mm -hmm. something that, um, you learned in another business setting or mm -hmm. just you learned from like your own personal mm -hmm. development there? It's totally a combination. So yeah. I had, um, 
I attribute, and I say this in the book, uh, everything that I do today because of what I learned in recovery. It gave me a whole design for living mm-hmm. that I don't think everybody has access to. Yeah, It would be really nice if everybody had access to some kind of design for living. I really needed it because I had all these issues. But I also had um, a boss at this medical company in New York that was, you know, it was a Eastern Western medicine. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there would be neurosurgeons and neurologists and orthopedists on one side. That one side seemed to be very unhappy. And then I had on the other side, um, massage therapy, acupuncture, so alternative medicine. So it was this great integration and I got to see both sides in my 20s. This is in the same building. This is in the same. Well, well, we had 11 offices okay. and 42 satellite offices. Okay. We were spread all so over same New company, York. But yeah. yeah. Okay. So, but this vice president of mine, um, she lived that lifestyle. So she was running and she was talking about acupuncture. And we would meet with, because we had a we had all these practice managers that worked for us, and we would have a meeting with them, and she would start the meeting. <laughs> she would be like, Sharon, this they're real. I don't know what they're going to do, but we're gonna we're gonna start with meditation. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, ah, oh. now this is you know, thirty years ago. Yeah, not thirty, twenty five. Okay, and um. I was like, I don't know, you know, because I had girls from Brooklyn and the Bronx and, yeah. you know, sitting in a room looking at us like, are you guys nuts? Like, we're going to meditate before we talk about business. Yeah. And that's what we did. So we had, even though I don't think everybody uh, really fell in line with let's really take care of our, our personal health, mm-hmm. but we certainly were talking about it. Mm-hmm. We were certainly trying to encourage others to take care of themselves physically, mentally, and spiritually, mm-hmm. and it will help you in business. So I was very lucky that I had her. Yeah. And she was a real mentor to me. We're still uh, very close, Joanne Kudrevich, if you're listening. Um, and our, our lives have taken different turns. We're both now entrepreneurs. We both work for ourselves and have for a very long time. Mm-hmm. But I really feel like that was, um, that was a blessing that that, example was there. So not only in recovery, in my personal life, but in my business life. Yeah. So I got real lucky. Done. Yeah. So the, it's funny how like, you know, those, those scenarios just kind of happen, mm-hmm. you know, from time to time, you just right, right place, right time mm-hmm. sort of thing. And you meet the right people and that sort of stuff. Um, so you mentioned, uh, like your, your toolkit. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we talked about that a little bit before, but you know, for me, it was like, I got into like meditation and journaling and stuff because of, you know, I was looking for like personal development, like how to be the best version of myself mm-hmm. and, and reading books. And, you know, that's where I was first introduced to it. It's not taught anywhere else, right? Like you have to go out and like seek that. Mm-hmm. And, um, so what is, uh, you know, um, what are your thoughts on like personal development and like, mm-hmm. how can people, um, get that those tools and stuff. And then in your toolkit, like what are some things that are like important to you that mm-hmm. like, you know, I have to do this every day to kind of put myself in the right headspace. I would not be able to function. Yeah. You mentioned, you know, how do you do it all before? Yeah. I would not be able to function if I did not have a plan of action every day mm-hmm. about my own personal health. You know, a lot of people talk about self care, like this, all these buzzwords that are out there. I've had that 
uh, you know, a plan for a long time. It's just gotten bigger and broader mm-hmm. as I have evolved as a person that wants to continue and seek, mm-hmm. you know, uh, through this journey. So, you know, I get up and I do strength training and then I meditate and then I walk my dog with my husband and we have coffee. And then I usually go for a walk or a walk run in a park with nature. It's all of these elements are so important to me. I'm always listening to podcasts. Yeah. I'm always listening to um, somebody that is going to inspire me, motivate me, keep me accountable. Um, always positive information coming into my ears. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm very uh, active in recovery still to this day, 28 years later. I saw my therapist last week or this week. It was Monday. This um, week, yeah. yeah. I, you know, I can't get enough. Yeah. I can't get enough of doing my best to try to be better. And so when I talk about that in the workplace, I realize that if somebody isn't thriving at work or as an entrepreneur, I'm usually just thinking about what they're doing mm-hmm. to take care of themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is your mental health workout look like? Yeah. Because if you're not doing something and you have a very demanding job, you are going to act out in different ways. Yeah. You're going to say something flippant to somebody that you didn't necessarily mean. You're going to show up late. You're going to blame others. Mm. There's no accountability. Mm-hmm. Um, if you suffer from low self-esteem, you're not going to be able to ask for a raise. You're not going to be able to negotiate properly. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be able to be silent when somebody gives you a number. You know, all of these things go back to how we take care of ourselves. Yeah. So I did not, n- I'm so grateful. Like, I mean, I was 21, right? So my whole adult life has yeah. been this. But I watch people in my personal life and in my business life that constantly want to be a victim. They choose to be a victim. And they choose to not get the right help to get them out of that. And when I say help, I'm not talking about therapy, although I'm a huge advocate. Yeah. There are many ways to help yourself. Sure. But at some point, everybody has to become accountable. Yeah, for themselves. Absolutely. How does, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting, like what you just said about like some people, you know, choosing to be a victim or, you know, um, do you think that like everybody, can like get out of that that scenario that mindset what's up palm harbor it's your host donny hathaway if you are looking to stay up to date with all things palm harbor then visit my website it's palmharborlocal.com super simple you can sign up there join the locals where i'll be sharing more information on local events local history and what's happening in palm harbor you know i really want to create and add more value to you as a listener for spending your valuable time tuning into my podcast so join me there keep listening and remember, together, we keep Palm Harbor local. I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was homeless and addicted to crack. Mm-hmm. I blacked out and moved to another state after going to two rehabs mm-hmm. and a halfway house. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, there's no other answer than yes to me because... I have been through a tremendous amount of trauma that I wouldn't wish on anybody. And that I also didn't deal with until 
I wrote the book. There was a lot of stuff that mm. because I'm a solution based person mm-hmm. and I'm a, uh, I've been in business so long and I, I'm from New York. It doesn't mean I'm tough. It just means <laughs> that, you know, I've, I've had to survive a lot. Mm-hmm. And I would rather focus on the solution versus the problem. But the truth is the problem is never going away mm-hmm. until I deal with it. Right. So I've completely changed even, I feel like, as a person since I told everybody all those deep, dark secrets. Yeah, I mean, I've told them to people in my recovery, but I never told it publicly. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of healing that has to happen. And I think if you're willing to see that the same thing keeps happening over and over again, right? That's the definition of insanity. Yeah. Doing the same thing, expecting a different result. At at some point, everybody has to stop and say, maybe I could do something differently. Yeah. You know, do you, and I, and I, like, I think of, um, like you have to be like self-aware mm-hmm. to do that. Like, do you think, do you think self-awareness is a, is a trait that everybody has or is it something that's learned? Is it, you just kind of, I, I wish I could say yes. Yeah. That everybody has it. Yeah. I know. I don't think so. Yeah. I actually think, and I could be wrong. There's no proven study on this, yeah. but I feel like people that have gone through some type of adversity, whatever that is, They've been fired. They've been divorced. Um, they they lost a loved one in the pandemic. They they lost a loved one. I think that people can have then empathy for others, or they they have a a history, a record to look back at to say, well, I made it through this. Yeah, I could I could do more, and it gives people an opportunity not to judge. Mm. You know, I think one of the greatest gifts I've ever been given is my adversity that I went through is my trauma Sure, because now I, everybody to me is an equal and everybody has an opportunity to change mm-hmm. if they're, if they're willing to willing. Yeah. realize just like um, Taylor Swift says, I'm the problem. Hi, it's me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's usually me and people yeah. have been victimized and, and abused and it's not their fault. Right. Right. But usually we all play a part in it. Yeah. And then you're accountable to how you respond after that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so what about like in in the workplace, right? The, like how mental health is changing and the conversation Mm -hmm. around mental health is, is changing. Like, what are you seeing and what are you um, hoping that you see in the next two, three years? Well, I do see a lot of unhappy people staying in positions because they're they don't implement any of the things that we've been discussing mm-hmm. um and and also looking to blame it on everything but taking a They're look so at themselves yeah. right so i see that a lot unfortunately and being in healthcare i i i really see it a lot um I'm sorry, I was just distracted. I saw the book Go Giver on your shelf there. Yeah, it's you a read great that book. One? Yeah. 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 I was given that as a gift actually. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Um so i think that there are so many opportunities in the workplace for people to encourage more mental health, right? So yes, it's been in the news. My goodness. I mean, I could, I could name six different celebrities right now that have died by suicide. Um, the latest being Twitch. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was in New York city when I I heard about that. I'd Mm. taken Alyssa 
my employee for a 24-hour whirlwind trip as a gift. Oh, wow. As a bonus, as her birthday for Christmas, because she hadn't been to New York in so long. And here we were having the most wonderful time and hearing about this person Mm. that everybody says the same thing all the time. He was so happy. He had everything going for him. Married, children, successful, financially, personally. And, um, and nobody knew, right? So why, why is this the, the conversation that keeps happening with the people? If you looked, if you just had a, a snapshot of people that have died by suicide that are celebrities, right? You think mm-hmm. Robin Williams, um, Kate Spade, mm. all of these artists, they all have that in common. They're all successful. Why would anybody do this? Well, anybody that is suffering that much is not actually going to say, I want to kill myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They don't see any other way out. And they're also not in a safe space where they can say something. They can say that, right. So a leader or somebody in, especially in business, right? If we're in a corporation and there's 300 people working in this organization, there are probably at least 100 people that are suffering from mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. How Which is, is crazy, it? crazy it's crazy, number, right? I mean, it's bad, yeah. you know? Like, I, I'm not big into statistics because I don't have to be. Mm-hmm. Right, right. <laughs> you just Google what's happening. So I think that if somebody would consider this and have these conversations more often than just that, you know, uh, mental health day, world mental health day, yeah. wellness yeah. week, right, right. self-care day, I'm very happy about these hashtags, Donnie. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Gives me more opportunity to talk about mental health in the workplace. But there has to be some kind of consistency. And I also believe that the people at the top are responsible for what happens to every single person in between. So if you have an employee assistance program. So that right there, though, like, do you, like, I think maybe that's where part of the problem is, is like they don't, maybe they don't feel that they're accountable to, you know, the wellness of, of everyone in their, their organization. Right. Yeah. Well, I hope that they start feeling that way Yeah, yeah, yeah. because it's really awful what's happening. And I am like positive Patty, Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. I'm all about like, uh, overcoming and, and, you know, let's put out that positive message. But then there's that, you know, toxicity that comes along with that positivity sometimes mm-hmm. we have to be real about it so mm-hmm. it doesn't if you're t- i've had a lot of people say to me sharon how do i talk about this stuff in the workplace well you know maybe you bring somebody in to talk about it if you're not comfortable yeah, right but somebody really has to have the courage to see that there's nobody in the world donnie that hasn't had an issue in their life right which is the crazy part, if you think about it, which is the crazy part that it's not like talked about more, yeah. right? Like we're all going through the same struggles. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Like every day yeah. it's, it's hard, right? <laughs> you know, something yeah. is happening. I yeah. mean, I have um, family issues with, with health issues and, you know, uh, there's a lot that goes on, but I'm willing to talk about it. Mm-hmm. So it is one of the biggest pieces I find is lack of communication. Mm. it's just uh, being afraid to be vulnerable. Yeah. 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 I know it's hard and I don't think anybody should go 
you know, writing a book and have a chapter called I Smoked Crack. I don't, I'm not saying right, that. Right, right. That's my story. Yep. You know, this is 28 years later. I have no shame. I have only like, wow, if I can do this, you can do it. I want to be a, a pillar of hope for somebody else to see that you could go through all of this, make it to the other side in business as well. But if we talk about it in business, and just like you and I were sharing before we hit record, that if people felt like they, that their boss would be okay with them being sick or having an anxiety attack and not being able to come into work, mm -hmm. those people are never leaving. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're going to stay because they feel heard mm -hmm. and everybody wants to be seen and heard mm -hmm. and feel validated. So listening is such a big piece of what I find leaders not doing out there. Not all, but a lot. Yeah. So how does it, so does it, I mean, it starts at the top, right? Yes. It starts with the leaders. It starts with, you know, the CEOs and, and the people in charge yes. of, of these bigger companies. Um, how does it, and really it's, it's, it's like them taking care of themselves too, mm -hmm. right? So it starts with them mm -hmm. taking a, being accountable to their own actions mm -hmm. and then providing that space for everyone else beneath them to do the same thing. Yeah. I mean, you could be the greatest example for somebody else. Mm -hmm. You know, they, there's a saying in, in my 12 step recovery, you know, just be a shining example for somebody never push something on somebody else because mm -hmm. that's not going to work. Right, right. I'm not going to push that anybody gets up every morning and does strength training and meditates and walks the dog and all the things that I listed. No yeah, way. Right. But I'm going, and I'm also not going to tell you, you shouldn't do this. You shouldn't do that. Just share about my own personal experience. Mm -hmm. And then somebody feels safe that I, I'm not going to be judged because look at what she was able to say. Mm -hmm. So if more people it doesn't have to be the deepest, darkest secret that you have, right? Right, right. But show, showing some fear that you were scared through the pandemic, mm -hmm. that you you weren't sure. You know, I, I hear about all these people having a hard time, what to do, uh, people that want to work from home remotely and yeah. hybrid and all this stuff, quiet quitting, and what are they going to think of next, right? <laughs> if you just had real conversations with your staff and you got feedback. Right. <laughs> You would be amazed. Yeah. You would be able to make an informed decision based upon the people that are actually making you money. Yeah. Do you? Do you it think seems so simple, Don? Right. It is. It is simple. It is. It is simple. Do you think it'll change? I mean, it, I think it. I think it'll change. It's changing. But yeah, it's changing, mm -hmm. right? Um, and is it? Is it like the the CEOs of these companies now and stuff? Is it changing because they're you know, retiring or moving on. And then, you know, new people are coming mm -hmm. in that have sort of this accountability to themselves and different approach and different mindset, or is it the, the a combination of both, right? The, the, the CEOs are, are their mindset is shifting too. I don't see it typically in the older generations. I wish I, I wish I, I wish I did. I wish I could just say yes, Donnie. Yeah. <laughs> I do see a lot of, um, people being angry at the younger generations because they're so open-minded and they're emphatic about making sure that a company that they're working for is serving the community, yeah. billing, you know, being philanthropic, talking about mental health in the workplace. Um, I, I just think that there's too much information out there online today 
that anybody could have access to at any time that if you don't if you don't live and work in the year that it is you're going to continue mm-hmm. it's the it's like that victim role right mm-hmm. well when i was their age these workers are just lazy today yeah, you know right, right. they just want to stay home and work remotely okay well maybe that's not it actually right <laughs> maybe we've all actually found a way to exist and still do business remotely yeah there's nothing wrong with that right it's, right yeah and then question because they're intelligent human beings and forward thinking and and question it instead of just accepting it which is what i think we were all taught i was taught and i will just share this one thing when i first started at new york medical that um that i always wear a power suit and that no matter what i knew the answer even if i didn't Mm. And never let anybody see fear inside of me mm. when I'm out speaking to a physician because he will eat me alive. That's what I was told. Mm. I am so the opposite of that Yeah, in my soul, but I did it because I, and I never felt, I never felt genuine. I always had fear showing up somewhere because I was thinking about what I was told. I can't yeah. show that I have fear yeah, yeah. and I'm in a power suit Don't for God's sakes. <laughs> And a red one, and red looks terrible on me. <laughs> so, you know, I think it's it's very important that people understand generations if they are leaders. Yeah. Michelle Northrup taught me that. Um, she's a part of Working Women at Tampa Bay, and she does talks about generations. Like, we have to understand generations, cultures, all of it. Yeah. Because they're the older generation, right? Like their parents or grandparents are probably saying the same thing yeah. about them, right? And what were they told? They weren't told to show fear. Right. Stop crying. I'll give you something to cry about. Yeah. You know, yeah. all of that machismo and mm-hmm. just, uh, I'm I'm really a strong person. Yeah. I'm a strong woman. I've been through so much. Well, you don't have to be through. You don't have to go through that much. You can get help. You can help others. There's, there's a lot of simple solutions out there. Yeah. Yeah. So- Speaking of those simple solutions, like what would be like if someone's kind of like, you know, stuck or, you know, doesn't feel like there's an answer where they're at or whatever, like what's a, what's a good first step for them to kind of take? I mean, personally or in business? Both. I would say both. It applies. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think it would be great if everybody had somebody that they felt comfortable and safe with to tell the truth to. Not everybody has that, you know, so there's, there's sources like dialing 988 and 988 really is just going to put somebody in touch with another resource. So um, somebody that they can talk to is just so important. I think that we have, I like to offer things that are not the norm. Yeah. If you're an introvert like me, which most people don't think I am, uh, I would say find a podcast that Mm. you can listen to. Mm. That's inspiring. I love listening to Super Soul Sunday with Oprah Winfrey. Okay. I love listening to Depression Mode with John Moe. He interviews comedians. They talk about depression and they talk about adversity and how they came out of it. I want to be around people that understand me and can help me. Mm-hmm. Not, you know, go, oh yeah, you're right. You should feel bad. So I think there's so many resources. You could join a recovery meeting online and mm. not have to be in recovery. There's open meetings. Yeah. I really think community, Donnie, is one of the the most valuable 
things for people. Uh, without community, we can't thrive. And we are not meant to be in isolation. Yeah. So for all of us that were put in isolation because of what happened, it's really affected people. Look at all the kids that had to miss their graduation and um, yeah. had to learn from, from home. So all of that is going to affect you. It might not affect you while it's happening. That's called trauma. <laughs> yeah. And we don't, you don't usually deal with that when it's happening. It affects us later on. So I think if people were more open of, of having these conversations, just like what you're doing today, yeah, and we there's only one way to normalize anything, right? And that's to talk about it. Talk about it, yeah. There's nothing to be ashamed of. Yeah, because like you said, at the end of the day, like we're all struggling in our own way, trying to figure it out. We're just trying to figure. We're all really just faking a lot of shit out yeah. here, Donnie. I I heard that recently. It was they were talking about like business owners and stuff, and they were like, no matter how successful that business owner is or that business is. Like they still don't know what they're doing, right? It doesn't matter, you know, you're you have one employee or that's right three hundred, like mm-hmm. you're still figuring it out. That is a hundred percent right. I have never known the specific answer when anybody asks me how do I start a successful business? I I know the only thing that matters is that you actually start. Start, yeah. Yeah. You have to be willing to take a risk and and willing to step out in faith and try something new. Yeah. And it's the same thing with, with life too, right? Mm -hmm. It's, you just got to start somewhere, um, and having conversations, having people around you that are open to those conversations and find those people, find those people, you know, and have a small circle. There's Mm -hmm. not going to be many people. Yeah. You know, there, unfortunately, there's a lot of people that are, are going to make you feel bad because you're trying to do something great. So you have to really, you have to go through those people. Unfortunately, most of the time, but but find a tribe of people that will light up when they see you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. That's really nice to actually have somebody excited to see you yeah. instead of, oh, Sharon's back. Here's Sharon again. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love that. Well, I'm so grateful for you and, and you jumping you on here again for for sharing your message and stuff. So my pleasure. Yeah. Um, where can people get more info about read your book? Yeah. They can download it. Yeah, Audible. you could listen on Audible. Yeah. That's my favorite because I listen to books myself. That's where I listen to it. I d- download yeah. it on Audible. Yeah. yeah, you could read it like old school. <laughs> um, probably one plane ride to New York or to uh, Chicago from Florida, two and a half hours yeah. to finish it all. Um, and yeah, I mean, if you just put in the Broken Roads Mental Health, the, the podcast I think is really good, not because I'm hosting it, but because there's a lot of people that come on that have lived experience. Yeah. Um, in the workplace and just in their own lives and, and how to be on the broken road to mental health and and navigate through it. So there's some really great resources on the show. So Yeah, I love that. And we'll yeah. link all that in the description below cool. for anyone. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks, Donnie. Thank you again for listening to another episode of Palm Harbor Local. I really hope you got a ton of value out of, of today's episode. Now, if you're looking to connect with the guest or just get more information on the episode, then you can check the description below. I'll have all the links in the episode as well as a link back to my website. It's palmharborlocal.com where you can stay up to date on what's going on with the podcast and sign up there to join the locals. Let's get after it this week. And remember, together, we keep Palm Harbor Local. Local.